All right. What's up, everybody? This is episode 28, I think, of the You Should Fact Check This podcast. Um, and we are like 30 minutes late, over 30 minutes late because we couldn't, because we're morons. We couldn't figure out the audio for so long. I mean, it was just honestly ridiculous. Um, that's the part of these podcasts that you don't see is all of the back end technical work that is just, it's not like hard. It's just fucking annoying. We do it's have just good like, audio on my end now though. We, we, Dylan has good audio now. I have good audio. Things are improving, but slowly. And we have to figure out everything every time we do this. So that's that. Um, dude, this week I have been fucking... <laughs> I've had like three panic attacks this week. Yeah. Dude, you're, I think your mic unplugged. There you go. Is it good now? Yeah, we're good. Testing. Damn. You know what happened is I moved the cord. So this, this, uh, audio like device connected to the computer, the USB device. It's mm-hmm. anytime you move the cord, it messes up. So I'm going to have to keep it there. I'm just going to have to like tape it. Uh, um, yeah. So you, you had panic attacks that were. Dude, I had the weirdest. <clears throat> so on Wednesday I worked out and while I was working out, I was stretching out my, you know, that muscle, the psoas muscle, the one that's like no. in your stomach. It's like part of your, it's part of like your hip flexors and stuff. Okay. But it's like up in your, behind your, your abdomen. Okay. And it's said to be the like muscle of like stress, anxiety, fear, anger. Um, And that's where, that's where it holds all of that like stress or whatever, or all of those emotions. And I was stretching that on, on Wednesday like I never stretched this and I was stretching that pretty good on Wednesday. And then later that day I was like disassociating. I had to, I had training where I was coaching kids and I was talking with a parent and the whole time I was talking with the parent, dude, I swear to God, I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I was also replying to everything that he said. So you were like it was the most of your conf- body. It was the most confused I've ever been in my entire life. I was like, what is happening? It was like my subconscious was answering all the questions and understanding. And then my conscious mind was just like wandering, just had no idea what was going on. Oh my God. It was so That's like an out of body experience. Yeah, dude, I was, I was really confused with what was going on. And then I, I just felt like I was losing my mind. So I was like, panicking and then I've been I'm I'm really good at like most people I think I'm really good at like stressing myself out over things that don't need to be stressed out about like you don't need to be stressed out about um and I'm trying to like I'm working on this business that I'm trying to create and it's like I just met with one of the guys that I'm working on it with and it's like a year long process for just just like getting all the business side set up 
before we even, you know, bring it to market or anything or even start construction really. Um, so I, we have so much time to figure out so much of this stuff, but I'm like freaking out constantly that I'm behind the ball all the time. And then I'm doing that with Vernon's as well. And then another project that we're working on and then the Airbnb, I'm like constantly afraid that I'm always behind. Oh, you mean the Airbnb above you? Yeah. Yeah, it's just been, um, like I've never experienced anxiety so aggressively and it's such a weird emotion or feeling that is like all encompassing, you know, like it just kind of takes over your body. Yeah. I've told you I've had, I, I had them in high school a couple of times and I know how that feels. It, it feels like you, um, yeah, I'd get up at night and I would feel like, uh, I didn't, I was like losing grasp of who I was and I had to like walk around to like, or like do something that I normally do like talk or yeah, just physically move so that I, I'm like, I'm still here. It was, it's weird. It's like your mind. So were you talking to yourself? Just talking? Well, I, I, I just like, I remember like the experience is like, <clears throat> I would go to sleep and I'd be laying there and I would start to feel, um, my heart racing a little bit and I was trying to go to bed and then I started to think, Oh, I'm not sleeping. And then it would turn into other thoughts of like worrying about everything, you know, Oh my God, I have to do this tomorrow or, um, or this happened today. And then all of a sudden I'd start to feel like I was sinking into my bed and like, I wasn't breathing. And I was like, <gasps> and I'd have to like sit up in bed and I was like, Oh my God. And then I'd, <clears throat> I was sitting in bed and then I was looking around and it was like pitch black. And then I would like, um, I would start to think like, where am I? And I wouldn't, and then I'd start to rethink that. I'd be like, wait, where am I? And I didn't know where I was. And then I'd start to think, okay, get up and walk around. I'd have to go see like where I was. Do you think you were having like an existential crisis? Like not understanding or is that just anxiety? It's just just an anxiety attack. Like anxiety attacks, I'm sure slightly different for everybody because everyone has their own. So like, but yeah, they were definitely anxiety attacks and just, um, but yeah, it's similar where you, your experience was you were, you were actually talking to someone. Mine was like similar where you feel, I felt somewhat like I didn't, uh, like I was, I wasn't really like out of body, like what you're describing, but it was like my mind, uh, or my awareness was like weird. Like, like I, I out. yeah. Or I, I didn't know if, if things were real, like if I were like dreaming or if like I was actually there, right. I was like, what is going on? And I started and I would panic about that. I'd be like, what, what you is like this you right now? Losing grip of reality. 
Yeah. And that, and ever since then, that's fucking terrifying. Were you watching, did you just like on loop watch, um, what the fuck's that movie? Inception. Inception. Were you just watching that like on loop when you were, (laughs) I did really like that movie when it came out, but I think it was just, I don't know. I, I sort of, I guess I've always had a fear too of like, um, developing like a mental disorder, like, Oh my God, you know, or something that you can't control that, you know, you don't have control over your thoughts and your awareness, your consciousness, like yeah. Or your emotions. Um, so I'm sure that stemmed into it, but anyway, relatable. I mean, it's interesting. Like it is interesting how different people have different anxieties because and I think a lot of it stems from like the way that we interact with life. Like you're a very thoughtful person. You think about other people a lot right. and you think about the things that the way that you interact with people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what that's called. Interpersonal. Like you, you have a very interpersonal view on life, like the, the, re, the relationships that you have and all of that. And for me, I have like a very physical view on life. Like I rarely think about people. I think about things rather than people. Um, and honestly, I think I trained myself into this because for so long I was so focused on like work and getting work done and then building businesses and stuff like that. Like when I wasn't even building businesses, I was just thinking about the idea of building businesses for like forever. Um, and now like I'm in the position where I'm building multiple businesses, like trying to build multiple businesses and I'm running one. And now I never feel like there's any moment where I can take time off. Like if I, if I, if I'm not working on something, I feel like I'm letting people down. I feel like I'm letting my employees down. I feel like I'm going to be so far behind. I feel like, like I'm just going to, it's just all going to fail. And I, I do like, it's so severe. Um, that a lot of the times, like if I'm just not doing things and I'm just hanging out, like my girlfriend's always asking, she's like, like, are you all right? Like what's going on? And I just don't know. Like, I can't tell why I'm having anxiety or, you know, just like not fully there. Um, but like most of it, I think stems back to the fact that I'm just like not currently working on something that I feel like I need to be working on. Do you think it has anything to do with, and I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, the, uh, the fear you had as a kid of, um, I don't know. Didn't you, you had a fear about like, I don't know, people, you know, people close to you would be gone or right. It was like, I mean, that was like a constant from like, I don't know the exact ages, but it felt like from like third grade to like eighth grade, I just like wouldn't sleep. I would just be up all night pant, like worrying about whether or not people were going to die. Um, and so I would like always go and check on my, my, my mom and dad, like every like 20 minutes. Um, and then 
I would like, if you, if you had a camera, I always say this, but if you had a camera in my room when I was that age, it would have looked like someone was being possessed and like there was someone in someone else in control of my body while I was asleep because I would just wake up and I would just like pace at the edge of my bed for hours and just like not, I would have no idea what to do. Um, but, and then, yeah, like I would go into bathrooms and I would expect that when I opened the door, it would just be blank white, which is fucking terrifying. Like that would, yeah. that, that's probably my biggest fear is just going into a room. And then when you come back out of the room, there's nothing. And I have no idea where that came from. Probably from that stupid, what's the movie? Bruce almighty. Remember when they go up into the, uh, into the, the building. With yeah. Morgan and then he Freeman. crawls up into the ceiling where the light is or whatever. Yeah. And God's up there and it's just pl- completely white. Yeah. And they're walking around. It's like, the pillars of the building are there, right? But it's just everything else is th- white. Or is it, it just f- white? I think it just fades out. Yeah, I think it all f- goes away. But yeah, I don't know. Those were like my biggest fears. Um, but I don't really, I'm not sure that it stems back to that. Maybe like I always wanted to be, I, wa- I always wanted to be able to like provide for my family and friends if they ever got into like a really bad situation. Um, but do you think that it's so weird too, because I've changed the way that I think about like, I'm, I work so hard to make all of my projects like long-term projects, like not things that are going to be successful next year, um, or like right away, but things that in like 10 years are going to be like fucking killing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so much of my timeline for success has been pushed out but then I always feel like I'm behind. Do you think that your fear is that you're letting other people down or you're letting yourself down? Like what's, if you, if that's possible to answer, but if you think about that, like it's probably a combination of both. Like, especially when you think about stuff that I want to do for Vernon's, um, we have roughly 50 employees that are working, you know, five days a week, depending. Um, and I always feel like I need to be working more than them. <laughs> like I need to set an example of more like doing more. Um, so that like, I just want to be a, a good example to the rest of the, people that work for me that, you know, it's fucking good to work hard and it's good to, it's okay to work hard, Mm. but I don't really know. I just, I, I was just confused at why I was having so much anxiety in this past week and just figured that that would be something interesting to, to kind of bring up at the no, start because it, it's good. I, I, you know, it's good to talk about cause then you, it's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, anxiety is different for everyone. Um, 
But I think like, you know, even if you're not talking to a therapist or someone specific for that, it's like just talking to people about it is good. Cause then you, it's not just like inside of your head and you're in the next time it happens, you're not like at square one, you know, you're at least like, even if <clears throat> talking about it right now, doesn't even like, I mean, it's obviously not going to like get rid of your anxiety or anything, but it's at least going to tell you like, okay, I thought through it a little bit and I could be 1% more knowledgeable on what it could be. You know, right. it's like, that's the most important part. I think like with anxiety um, and things that are just like in your head, if you're, if you keep them in your head, it's, it's so hard to like, it's that difference between reality and non-reality. It's so difficult to actually see them in reality. If it's just flipping through your head. Yeah. Because you can, you can say all these things and think about these different situations so quickly in your head that you can't actually like grasp the, the majority of what, the, the situation is, Mm -hmm. um, and it can make it feel so difficult to deal with because you're seeing this big problem in your head, but you're not talking through like the little nuances that got you to that problem because Mm -hmm. it's so quick in your head. Like you can visualize it. You don't have to speak it. Um, and so when you, when you bring it out loud, most of that, at least for me, a lot of it kind of dissipates because it brings it to reality and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get that done today. It's just not something that's going to get done today because it's, you know, a 10 year project. Mm -hmm. So stressing about it now isn't going to help. But if you just continue to internalize it, then you're just going to I mean, you're just going to go insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then you, it's just like any other problem. It's just going to get worse. And then you might hit a breaking point of, yeah, you, you have to change or else it's just, you just keep going down. But I mean, I feel like, you know, that's like doing again, like what I'm saying, doing this is better than like, just being like, well, everyone has anxiety, so you, oh, yeah. move, you move on. Because that's something that I struggled with for a while. Well, still, is I'm just like, well, I don't really have a ton of external challenges that I'm going through at the moment. And probably in my life, like it's, I've been pretty fortunate not to go through things that could lead to severe anxiety, depression, or, or a lot of issues with mental health. Um, but like, I still have those issues, but I feel guilty in a way of having them because I'm like, I don't, but that's something that I've learned to say. That's, you know, that's not like rational, um, because everyone's going to have their own anxiety, their own things that they worry about. And, um, you could, you could almost like make it worse for yourself by having that mindset because you're essentially creating an issue for yourself that's going to lead to anxiety, you know, more anxiety. But if you just say, well, 
I have anxiety. I have uh, things that I'm, you know, not happy about. But if you just like talk about them, even if they don't stem from something that's like terrible, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I only should have anxiety because something terrible happened to me. It's like, everyone's going to have it. So the more you just open up and figure out what it is and like, it's just like a problem. It's like problems are always going to be there every single day and you just chip away at like, how do you at least approach them to not fully solve them? Sometimes problems take a long time, a long time, Um, but at least like chipping away at them. And, and so like, yeah, that's long winded answer. It's like, Anxiety is different for everyone, but it doesn't mean that uh, your anxiety is not as like relevant. You know, it's like you have to figure it out for yourself. Well, I, I think that one of the things that um, like we're kind of bred for is just like solving problems. Um, And it's hard to, like a lot of the stuff that we do day to day is pretty like mundane problem solving that doesn't feel like it's really, you know, solving a bigger issue. And I think we kind of crave a larger issue. Um, so oftentimes I think that our brain and the way that we think creates problems for ourselves because we yeah. feel like we have to have a bigger purpose than just the things that we're doing. Um, And if you don't have a big purpose, then you're going to create a bigger purpose. And we all do that. Like, it's just, I think it's just part of the the human experience. Yeah, it's definitely. This kind of leads into what you were talking about. Dylan wanted to talk about getting things done um, and following through on just things that you've committed to and that you want to do, I suppose. Um, I think that oftentimes the reason that we don't get things done is because we overthink them and we put too much, either too much or too little weight behind things. What are some things that you're not finishing right now that you think that you should be? I, I mean, the last couple of weeks, um, I would say the last month, I, I had been wanting to, um, create work, work on more projects that I was super passionate about that I know I can do. And these are projects with, within film, you know, like trying to, from, you know, start on a project and finish it. Something that I'm, again, really passionate about. But I, I found that I've um, really sort of just been like, well, they're too big. They're not relevant. And I, I think too much about them. And then I sort of just keep doing my everyday thing. I just work. And then, you know, I just stay in like this like s- scheduled routine and it feels safe and I can justify it because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But in the back of my mind, it's like this, 
pressing thing of like, you could do more, like you can work on a project or create something that people really connect to. And that's always what I've wanted to do is like create something that gives someone an experience, uh, make someone feel some, some type of way that I love what movies do for me. Um, and like, I, you know, it just, especially Instagram, these platforms where people are posting about what they're working on. It's like really great in ways because you can get inspired, but at the same time, it can be really constricting, you know, it can really shut you down, um, if you allow it. So yeah, that's, it's, it's a documentary project that I, I'm really interested in creating, um, but I'm scared to create it because I don't think it's relevant enough. Um, and I also think that every time I get into these projects, I, it takes a huge part out of me, like not just, you know, energy and, but it's like hard to explain. It's like part of me goes into these things where I, I don't know. There's so much, it's so much work and so much time and energy that it becomes like part of my soul or something, you know, and you, you have to really understand what projects you want to get into. Um, you know, cause it, it is well, part, it is, you're with, what the do you art, think, you know, what do you think is the worst thing that happens if you go through on this project and it isn't relevant? I guess like my overall fear is that, I am going to, I'm going to become one of those people out here in LA that everyone's like, wow, they had potential to do something. They tried it. It wasn't good. Everyone knew that it's, it's, you know, everyone knew that you're a fraud and that you were going to ultimately fail and that you're going to keep trying, but you're always going to be mediocre. That's like my fear where I'm like, if I take that step, I'm going to realize, I know it's, it's crazy. Once I take that step, I'm going to realize that I'm like a leap, uh, just permanently mediocre, but it's, it's just an irrational fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you, when you think about it, it doesn't make any fucking sense because the people who have made it and that are relevant or whatever, or have made careers definitely made things that weren't as relevant. Yeah. You know, they had to get through some shit that made no sense or work a job that made them look like they were going to suck at life. And then at some point made something that wasn't going to make them that way, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think really like the difference between the people that are mediocre. This isn't always true. There's, you know, there's people that are just are substantially more talented in some realms than others. But I think a, lo- a lot of the difference is <clears throat> the people who are willing to put themselves in the arena. You know, yeah. um, it's your constant. Your no, no matter what, you're going to be mediocre if you don't try to create things that will put you in the arena. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's and a- that's. That's the, dude, that's the hardest part about, I think, like I think about a lot of these businesses 
that I'm trying to like, that I want to start and in the future I want to start and grow and everything. And my constant thought is like, I have to be okay with the fact that this could fail royally. You know what I mean? And if it does, then I have to be okay with trying to see the side of, I learned something from this and I'm going to take it on to the next one. Yeah. I'm not going to let it just fucking tear me down. But if this thing that I'm working on currently just completely falls over and fails and I had to take millions of dollars from other investors and it fails, then I'm going to have to own that and try and come up with something different. Yeah. In the future. Like I can't just let that be my legacy. You know, I, I think I'd, I'd rather be someone who tried constantly to hit it out of the park and failed every single time. than be someone who thought that they could make something of themselves, but was always too scared to actually try. Yeah. Like that is, that's one of the big differentiators between the people that do crazy things and the people that don't is like the willingness to fail, I think, and be okay with it. And then that can become a fear itself of becoming that person who's too scared to try. It, it gets very, I, I wanted to read this quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Um, called the man in the arena. Um, and it's, yeah, it is, that's the one I was referring to. W- did we talk about this? No, read it though. Yeah. I, um, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong the man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Dude, that is, Oh, that's my favorite quote of all time. (laughs) There's nothing better than that for someone who like for people who want to accomplish things and are scared. There's nothing better than that quote because there is honor in trying things and failing. Yeah. You know, there's a huge, you can't not respect someone that tried with integrity, right? You know, there's some caveats, like if you're like conning people or being a schmuck, Um, but like if you are really honestly trying to create something and fail, um, there's a, there's a huge amount of respect. Just for trying. 
I wonder if you look at the time period. So, well, that's what I was going to say is like, we're just constant. Every person is constantly going through the same thing that every person before us went through with different circumstances, right? Like obviously the technology has changed. The environment has changed drastically, but the internal dialogue, the, the way that we find importance and, um, and just excitement, whatever, just doesn't change. Like we're the same people that we were 200 years ago. And maybe that's just like technology's ability to innovate is like this and human's ability to innovate is like fucking a snail's pace. But it just seems so crazy that you can look back on Stoics and read these historical quotes and it represents everything that we're talking about today. Like if you read Marcus Aurelius's fucking, um, what is his, what is his book? It's, it's his diary or his journal or whatever, but he wrote in his journal every day. Um, and if you're able to like read those and understand those, then they, they perfectly reflect the way that we think today. They're just written in like a different language. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's the human condition. It's the human experience that we, we, that's why it's like humans evolve, but at the same time, it's just like any desire or internal like tendency humans have that are always going to be there. It's like, you know, and, and this, this concept of like, I think it's purpose. I think it's like, what is the person's purpose? What is, I mean, again, it could stem from what's the meaning for like, um, people being alive at that time or at a specific time. It's like what, you know, and especially looking at today with like, I think there's people can look at it. Like there are a lot of ways to die obviously today, but back then there are probably, I would argue more, but it feels like today there are so many, you know, there's so much danger, but in reality, it's just, we're communicating much more with, with news and, and outlets that it feels like, Oh my God, you know, we could walk out our door and die, but it's like, you could do that in 1909 when Theodore Roosevelt was president and, you know, you could go and get a disease that there was no cure for in that time and die the next day. So it's like, it's very, also, yeah, I, I think the means of destruction have just increased. Like there's always been brutal people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way, like the technology in which we're able to kill people nowadays or hurt people nowadays. Yeah. 
is at such a much larger scale. Like there was a, the revolver was created because they needed to kill Indians because the Indians, you know, I don't know the exact story, but from what I've heard, the, the revolver was created by, um, sheriffs from Texas because the, some of the Plains Indians or Comanche Indians were so brutal and they were able to ride on horseback while shooting arrows while hiding under the neck of the, the horse that they could just, they would absolutely destroy anyone who came around because they were so efficient at hurting people. And they had to come up with a weapon that made it easier for an ordinary person to kill people to protect themselves. And then that just continues to escalate, you know, as we get the revolver, now we need something to protect against the revolver because the revolver is too good. Right. And that just continues to increase. And people are always going to use these things for malintent. And then the people who need them for, protecting against those malintent need something better. And so it's a constant cycle. Um, And now we're at a place where, you know, you can hurt people so easily. Yeah. And honestly, I don't even know if that related to what we were talking about. But no, it did. The reason why is I was going to bring it back um, because what I was saying is there's a, it seems like it's a justification, at least for myself at times, that um, thing, it's so easy to think things are so hard today. There's so many dangers and so many things that are so messed up and so wrong that you're like, well, I don't... If I don't get what I want to get done, that's okay. At least it, it's just such a hard, hard time we're living in. It's like an, it's right. like an easy escape or escape. And that's what I'm saying. It's like not finishing things. I think some of it does stem for me, at least, um, from that concept of, well, you know what? We, you know, there's another shooting and it's like, well, at least I'm, alive and and that's yeah that's a good thing to think that's a good way to look at it i guess you know oh i'm I'm still yeah. alive but at the same time it's like this is going to happen the rest of our lives we're gonna have issues like these and more but what are you gonna do are you gonna sit back and start to cage yourself in more and more and just say well the times are so hard. We're going to have another, you know, things I, I can't, I can't really do what I want because I'm too, you know, I think there's a fear from that too. It's like, Oh my gosh, I can't now I can't go for instance, film because I'm scared that, you know, in a public area, people are just going to shoot you. And it's like, you could allow that to totally break you down and be like, well, Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm not going to try you. Yeah. And so yeah. I think like for me personally, and it's not for everyone, but I get very fearful um, with these external things like shootings and it, and it's, it becomes a huge, it like dictates the way I operate, the way 
I um, think about even with projects, like, like I said, going out and saying, well, I want to film something like a go to a protest. But I'm like scared now because I'm like, well, what if it's the day, you know, I, I happen to go and somebody just brings a gun and it, it's like, yeah, you want to be aware, but you you have to still go back to that point of you have to try things because and you have to like you know you can't let those those fears control your decisions yeah because they're always going to be there there's going to be new ones too like remember before the pandemic we had mass shootings too or you know we had other other things that were like oh my god it's you know the political climate was building to uh it was getting more divided everyone's like oh my god we're in times that we've never seen before and then the pandemic hit and everyone's like whoa (laughs) okay uh i take everything i said before back because we actually did go through something really hard and then so that's the thing it's like i've tried to make myself lately just say the shooting that just happened in la i know it's going to be all over the news it's going to be a big one again but i'm trying to this time say you know what I'm going to be a little bit better at reacting to this and say, okay, I'm not going to go out to like public events and just say, oh, you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm at least going to say, okay, like I'm going to chip away at my goals. And if that means that I want to go to a protest or an event to film, because I think that's a project that I want to work on or like share with the world. I'm not going to let that fear of getting shot uh, dictate whether I do it or not, you know? So that's like my, well, yeah. And this is kind of that. I think that you've always been more overcome with the what ifs. Yeah. Um, And I actually think most people are overcome with the what ifs. Um, And I just, I remember learning that I hated that idea when we were traveling through Europe. Yeah. Because we were constantly thinking like, what if this happens? What if this happens? And I think for me, I just get overwhelmed. And I'm like, I don't care. We just have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Right. And then stick with it. Like one time we were traveling to when we were going to Switzerland, when we were going to, oh, what was the city? Geneva? Genoa? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I think Geneva. But we were, yeah. Yeah. We bought a, we bought a train pass to Switzerland or we were buying them and we stood, we didn't have a place to stay, which is like the most, you know, whatever kind of thing. And we were getting on the train and everyone was like, well, what if we can't find a place to stay? And I just remember being like, well, then we sleep outside. I don't know. <laughs> we're just going because we're not going to just sit here and contemplate because we had, we had spent way too much time. Um, and I think yeah. that all of those, oper- those things are always possible. Right, right. It's always possible that you go out one day anywhere and then there's a shooter that day, Right. That is always a possibility. 
Yeah. At a grocery store, at a, you know, a mall at a whatever. It's always possible that you could be kicked out of your house, right? You, you, you get foreclosed on whatever your, your landlord kicks you out for some reason, whatever. Those are always possibilities, but the way that you react to them is really what's most important rather than Mm -hmm. that being what happens. Yeah. And I think there's a balance. I think there, you have to, um, understand and, in in a way adapt to what is going on at the time. Because like I said before, I'm not going to just say, well, I don't really care. I'm going to do whatever I want. (laughs) I don't think that's, you know, like, Oh, well, I'm just going to like, you know, ah, it could happen. You know, anything could happen to me. It's like, I, and this is just my opinion. I think there's a balance. You, you have to live in a way where you're, you're adapt, you, you understand what's going on around you and you, you don't let it control you. But at the same time, you just are, I think what it brings is more awareness. I think if the more you are, the more aware you are, the better because when you become more aware i think one you you understand your environment better and you can react in a in a smart and effective way to things but two i think it actually leads to less fear about these things because if you're aware you're not going to have as much irrational fear due to lack of awareness or lack of knowledge of what's going on around you. So I think awareness leads to knowledge, which in turn leads to some wisdom in the future where you can say, I'm not going to have this irrational fear because I have, I had more awareness. I have more awareness now that this is what happens. And I think that's, that's what, you know, and that's the balance. That's, that's saying, I think there's a difference between awareness and blocking things out completely and being, cause that, I think that's an extreme of saying, well, I don't care. Anything can happen. That's one mindset, but I think being aware and saying, I'm aware of what's happening. I'm going to learn more about, you know, obviously what to do in situations, but at the same time, I'm not going to let, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do, but be, have more knowledge about these situations. I think that is the key, you know, dude. And there, there's an extent to where, when the thing gets so like for, there's a line for anyone, but there's, there's a point at which people just say, who cares about anything? Right. Because the, the feeling of fear is so drastic. Right that you can just give up on everything. I had a moment like that recently. I was listening to this podcast and I, I encourage everyone to listen to it, but I was listening to Joe Rogan. It's episode, uh, 1928. Um, and it's Jimmy Corsetti and Ben Van Kirkiewicz, whatever. But they, at the beginning of this podcast, they're talking about like the lost city of Atlantis and how they they're they pretty sure they found where it is. They're talking about this ancient pottery and it's not really pottery. It's like sculptures and stuff like that. And how 
there's no way that the people of that day that we know of could have made these things. And then it goes like, you're like two hours into this podcast and it takes a complete turn. And then they're talking about legitimately the end of the fucking world for humans. And I would, I did not sign up for that. I was listening to the podcast and I was like, wow, this is crazy. How is it possible that these the ancient Mayans were able to create this? Oh, it's not. It was probably like a civilization before or aliens or something like that, you know? Um, and then they talk about how every few hundred thousand years or something like that, the poles on the planet actually switch. So the North and South Pole switch. And when this happens, remember, I don't know jack shit about what I'm talking about. I just listened to this podcast once. But the planet actually sits still and the core of the earth rotates. So everything within the molten core rotates. However, when the planet stops and sits still, everything that's on the outside of it continues at the pace that it's going. So at the equator, if the planet were to stop moving, the wind speeds would be a thousand miles per hour. And this also includes all of the ocean water. So if this happens, there's a two mile strip of ocean water that just sweeps over every part of the entire world. And I was listening to this and they're talking about how it's accelerating towards this. You can actually go to volcanoes and the volcanic rock holds in the pole shift from, cause that molten core is coming out somehow and it, and it holds in a time capsule of the, the where the poles were at that time period. And if you go over the most recent um, dried up lava rock, whatever, mm-hmm. as you go over it, you can see the poles are shifting. So the poles start shifting and they accelerate and they accelerate and then they switch fast at some point. Right. And they're talking about how we're like 200,000 years. I have no idea. Remember what the number is, but it's something like 200,000 years past due for one of these pole shifts. And then they're talking about how this correlates with ice ages And then they're talking about how Elon Musk on a podcast was talking about this, but at the very end of the podcast, like two hours, three hours in where no one else was really listening. And he's talking about how crazy it like, um, like winter storms are and everything or not winter storms, but like global cooling and ice ages and stuff like that. And he's talking about this. I know. know. Um, and Then you think about what Elon's sole purpose has been. If you know Elon, his sole purpose is to get people to Mars so that if a planetary event that wipes out people on Earth happens, that the human existence continues. And I was losing my shit. I was like, fuck, dude. Everything that I've been working and the most selfish way I could possibly think about it too, you know, I was like, everything that I've been working on is for nothing 
because it's the whole planet's just like either the uh, Yellowstone's going to explode or the poles <laughs> are going to shift and everything's going to die. And then dude, it like correlates to biblical texts, like the seven days that when the pole shifts, everything is like in chaos for six days. And then on the seventh day, everything returns to a steady state and, and life can renew. And I'm just like, I'm listening to this, just like, what's the point anymore? You know, I'm like, I don't even, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stop. But there are things that can go to such extremes that you're just like, I don't know that it's worth it for me to even try anymore. You know, and you just have to. You have to let those things be a possibility and also continue to try. Yeah. I you mean, know, there's, there's always a possibility that Yellowstone explodes and everyone on the Northern continent or world dies. Right. There's always a possibility that like the nuclear war just breaks out randomly and then everybody dies as well. There's always a possibility that a giant asteroid hits the earth and everybody dies. You know, those are all, always possibilities. But if you let those control your actions, you're just literally going to do nothing because they're so extreme that it's impossible to wrap your hand around, uh, wrap your head around. And all I think every time I hear things like that is like, thank God that isn't my daily job. Like thinking about those things. I don't know how you would do anything if you had to just sit there and think about those things all the time. I, I think that's true. But I also think that, like I was talking about, the more awareness you have, yes, could lead it could lead you to just depression. Like you're just like, like that feeling that you might have had in a more extreme way of, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think... Uh, it's interesting because I'm, I'm sure if you talk to some of these scientists who, for instance, work at NASA that work with, you know, looking at our environment, looking at, like you're talking about pole shift and like the mag, what's it called? Magnetosphere. That's what we have as the, I think that's what it's called, but that's like, you know, that's what you're talking about, which, um, but it's like, um, you know, we have like, in general, people don't have to think about that stuff, but I think sometimes it can lead to an awakening for someone of like, you know, they could start to think of it as just, this is how life is. And people can, you know, the more aware they are in that, um, with that knowledge, it could lead to just well, living it, a completely yeah. different way than other people where they're like, they actually have more purpose. Well, more purpose. Or you could just get to the point where you're like, I mean, who fucking cares? Like who cares if I fail? Dude, you should read right? this. This is stemming into, this is related, but there's this book called, well, we read it at Bosky, the plague by Albert Camus. Do you remember that book? I don't know that I actually read it, dude. <laughs> I never read books at Bosky, but I read this one and I really enjoyed it because it talks about the purpose of helping 
people, but also like doing something that you know is never going to like fully solve the problem, but you do it anyway because you know it's just essential. Like no one else is going to do it, so you do it. And it's it yeah. talks about this doctor in Algeria who there's a plague that breaks out in the world and he's literally treating patients every day, but he knows in the end everyone's going to die or essentially like most of the population's going to die or like, you know, tons of people are going to die where it feels like he's not going to do anything, but he, yeah. he does it every day. And it's like this philosophical like study on like, why do we do things every day when we know, you know, that's why that saying is ignorance is bliss because I think that really like points to like, well, when people don't know, then they're obviously going to just, you know, do their thing and be pretty content. But then it's like the more, you know, sometimes, or the more you're in this, like, I guess you could call it the arena. It's that concept of, you know, what am I doing? You know, but you do it anyway, because you just, I think there's a deeper purpose that you gain from going through challenges and like failing. And you just, you can like take it in two ways. You could, like we talked about, like go into just like, I don't care anymore. Or you could say, I actually care more about a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose of like, I don't care if it solves the problem, but I'm going to keep doing the right, the thing that I think is like purposeful, you know, and like, right. in like a, a positive way. But yeah, I don't know. It just made me think of that book, which it'd probably piss you off, but it's really, Albert Camus, I talked to one of my friends about him. He, he's interesting. I really like him. I, a lot of people say that like, he's pretentious. Like a lot of French philosophy is just super, it could, it can be pretentious. Yeah. Cause it's all wordy. It's all like, and then it <laughs> essentially talks about nothing in the end. It's just like, Oh, well like, what's the, what's the point? But I mean, you could take it. I take his, I've read like, uh, three of his books now. And they literally all talk about like the central theme is like, almost that concept of Sisyphus pushing, pushing the rock up the hill. And it's like, why? But you just right. keep doing it. It's just so interesting. It's like, oh, it, you could just become so depressed thinking about it. But I don't know. Anyway, it, it made me think of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that that's probably a good place for us to end, considering I have to I have to run. Um, but yeah, it was... You have to... Uh, you have to actually run physically or you have to, you have to, no, go? I have to go coach, oh. but yeah. And I, I need to talk with Dylan off of the air for a, a few minutes. So, um, thank you all for listening. <clears throat> this was episode 28. We'll see you in episode 29. We're almost at the big 30. So yeah. thank maybe you one day when we get to a hundred, it'll be interesting. <laughs> Today was today was a little more personal. I would it say. was a little more personal, which is um, good. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>